Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to You Beauty, the podcast for your face. I'm Shazzy Hunt, and if you've ever seen an anti-pollution skincare product and thought, hmm, what's that all about and why does my face even need protection from air pollution? Well, today you're going to find out. Joining me to chat is leading Australian dermatologist, Dr. Catherine Armour, who's also the founder of cosmeceuticals brand Bespoke Skin Technology. Dr. Armour, thanks for joining us on the UBD podcast. Shazzy, thank you so much for having me. I am a huge fan of your show, so it's such a pleasure to be here. The pleasure is all mine. We've got to talk about this air pollution thing. So from the moment we set foot outside, what are some of the external pollutants our skin is potentially exposed to on a daily basis? Well, this is one of my favorite topics at the moment, Shazzy. There are so many. So in terms of things that affect our skin when we walk out the door, all our listeners will be aware ultraviolet radiation is by far and away the most important factor got to think about ambient temperature and humidity but pollution including cigarette smoke is a huge one in today's world and in fact it's such a big issue that the World Health Organization or WHO is now talking about pollution as being sort of the silent killer in terms of our skin and our general health so they break air pollution down into a number of subtypes And they talk about air pollution as the contamination of outdoor or ambient and frighteningly even indoor or household environments by any chemical, physical or biological agent that modifies our atmosphere. So air pollution consists of a mixture of particles and gases that can reach harmful concentrations both indoors and outdoors. So we're thinking of things like soot, smoke, mould, pollen, methane gas, carbon monoxide. They're just a few examples of the really common pollutions. So I was thinking like before we get out the door, but you're saying you can't even just barricade yourself inside if you're so inclined. It is everywhere, everywhere. It is even char grilling that chicken, you know, the, the soot and the carbon particles in the air. Not the char grilled chicken. I don't advocate stopping doing that because I think we all love it, but it's part of the the combo we need to think about for sure. So airborne pollutants, they're everywhere basically. They're all around us, but what exactly are they? So we think about pollutants as being either gases or particulate matter. So these are particles in the air and most commonly pollutants are generated through the burning of fossil fuels by vehicles and industry, and that gives rise to particulate matter and also nasty chemicals in the air, which we can't see, called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, or PAHs. And additional pollutants are derived from lots of unrelated sources. So we've got cigarette smoke, 
ultraviolet light contributes, and then ground level or tropospheric ozone and other volatile organic compounds. So those PAHs and volatile organic compounds are basically the byproducts of industry, power plants, vehicles, domestic agriculture, and these things get into our skin really easily because they're what's called lipophilic. They're just little molecules that can get in through the skin barrier and they can get directly through the skin itself or in through our sweat ducts and hair follicles. So pollutions can be natural or man-made. So when we say natural, you've probably everyone's probably heard about methane gas from cows and sheep, but that is actually a thing. <laughs> I never thought a cow fart would have so much impact on my skin. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know if this can be quantified, but how much air pollution is our skin potentially exposed to every day? So that varies. And actually, yes, it is quantifiable. And particularly in very industrialised nations like China, Northern India and US, that's actually been quantified all the time. So there's a few things that affect how much, in inverted commas, air pollution our skin will be exposed to. So that will vary throughout the day with seasons, geographic location, and I guess the density of how many humans are around about in the area you're in. There's not a lot of data about in terms of what we're exposed to here in Australia, so really, sources of pollution and the levels vary between countries. They vary between developing and developed countries. So pollution is a problem for our skin in particular worldwide. It's everywhere. I think that's the thing that you have to get your head around. We're all going to be exposed to some level. And I guess following on from that, what kind of detrimental impact can this exposure have on the skin and how might you expect it to appear on the face? So air pollution, the biggest thing it does in terms of our skin is cause oxidative stress. That's something we're probably a little bit familiar with, you know, thinking about antioxidants and how important they are in skincare. So what is actually happening on a skin level is that air pollution enters the skin via nanoparticles and they eventually generate reactive oxygen species, which are the real villains. And they're the things we're already thinking about with solar radiation in particular. So these are reactive oxygen species. They overcome our skin's own innate antioxidant defences, which, of course, we have built in. So these reactive oxygen species and free radicals, they damage our cell membranes. They activate nasty little enzymes called matrix metalloproteinases, which destroys some of our really important skin protein structures, such as collagen and elastin. And the other thing they do is trigger inflammation. So they're really naughty and they're bad news all around. They're such bad news. I'm like, no, not the collagen, not the elastin. Yeah, no, no <laughs> not the collagen. So the sort of the manifestations we will see in our skin, you know, from damage initiated by pollution, is the signs of ageing that we are familiar with. So... Things like brown spots, wrinkles, a dull complexion, roughness of the skin and redness. So it's all those signs of ageing. Melasma, unfortunately, which is such a difficult thing to treat anyway for many of us, that is certainly can be caused and exacerbated 
by pollution and that's because we understand now that melasma is you know an inflammatory process in part we can also see skin barrier dysfunction caused by pollution and in our skin we'll perceive that as dryness roughness redness and perhaps sensitivity to any products we might be using skin cancers believe it or not i mean the list just keeps going on so the fact that air pollution increased statistically the risk of skin cancers was actually recognised in the medical literature as far back as 2002. So that's a little bit scary, particularly in our part of the world where skin cancer is such an issue. And then the final sort of chunk is that you can also see an exacerbation of existing inflammatory skin diseases. So acne is a big one and there's a huge robust amount of evidence in the literature that pollution makes inflammatory acne worse, but it will also exacerbate atopic dermatitis and psoriasis. And there's more and more being published in the dermatology literature about that as well. So it's not just aging, it's everything really. And the thing that's interesting about it too is often for, say, with acne or even signs of aging, we'll be very quick to look inside and look at what we're doing and what things, you know, we might be doing ourselves in terms of diet, in terms of skincare, everything. But in fact, there's a lot going on around us that is out of our control that could also be a huge contributor. So with that in mind, I know for a fact, lots of the UBs listening are vigilant with their skincare routine, tailing it around, you know, those skin types or those concerns that they have. But on top of all that, do you need to be also thinking about then offering your skin that defensive line against external factors and specifically air pollution? For sure. And the way that we can do that is, I guess, we're all you know very cognizant of how much water we should be drinking for our general health. And whilst it's not been well studied, there's a lot of talk in the literature about making sure you get your two litres of water a day just because some pollutants will reach your bloodstream. So flush those out of your bloodstream if you can. And then antioxidants in our diet. I think this leads a lot more research. And again, we're all quite aware of the need to eat an antioxidant-rich diet for our general health and our skin. But these free radicals that pollution induces there are unstable molecules that lead to you know, systemic inflammation in our body and our skin, so we want to neutralise them. And the antioxidants or that we can take as supplements or try and imbibe in our diet that have been talked about the most are vitamins B3 or niacinamide, vitamin C, E, omega-3s, beta-carotene, selenium, coenzyme Q10, green tea, lipoic acid, and so a lot of those can actually be gained through the Mediterranean diet, which we're all familiar is very high in antioxidants and you know, is great for our general health. So there is a case to be made for eating a healthy, high antioxidant diet, but I have to say that its benefits for skin health have not yet been thoroughly studied in this realm, but it seems plausible to predict that it's probably going to be helpful and it's obviously good for our general health anyway. I guess more when we're looking at an anti-pollution skincare regime, I mean, we're seeing this spoken about everywhere and, and many products are talking about how they can neutralise the effects of pollution. Mostly what we're doing is quite general in nature. I think this is really an area that it's so exciting. There's so much research ongoing, but in terms of actual specific ingredients, we've got a wee way to go. 
in terms of what we can do day to day, cleansing, gentle cleansing, respecting the skin barrier is really the cornerstone of that. So we obviously want to cleanse at least at night time to make sure that we're removing pollutions. We can look at neutralising the effects of pollution through the use of appropriate antioxidants. And then we look at forming a little bit of a shield or a barrier to actually seal those pollutions, particularly small particulate matter, from getting into the skin. So if you are approaching your skincare from an you know, anti-pollution perspective, are there certain ingredients or types of products you should be looking to include? Absolutely. Certainly in the morning, I'd be recommending applying antioxidants in a serum or a moisturizer every morning. So again, you're, it's the same as the oral ones, actually. It's your niacinamide, vitamin C and E, or astaxanthin, green tea, coenzyme Q10, my favorites, resveratrol and astaxanthin. Then again, in the morning, you'd want to be using an emollient that really supports the skin barrier. So Vitamins B3 and B5, as we all know, are great to support the skin barrier. And then emollients that are either high in ceramides to help pump up the barrier, or there are some newer emollients available that actually stimulate increased production of ceramides. So I would definitely be doing that. In terms of forming the shield, so the shield is actually a lot of the things we already do every day. So a light primer using a BB cream or a foundation, they're actually part of forming that shield against pollution. And then finally, SPF, which we're all doing every day anyway, but that's the kind of final daytime product to be using. And then at nighttime is when it gets even more interesting, I think. So at nighttime, I think cleansing to remove the pollution from the day is so critical. But we need to be really careful to nurture that skin barrier while we're doing it. And then, I mean, it's another time to apply all those antioxidants that we just spoke about. Nighttime, though, as we know, is not only the time, the skin's time to repair in general, but I think nighttime's the time to be really applying DNA repair enzymes because we know that these help augment our skin's ability to repair any damage to its DNA, which leads to obviously ageing and um, skin cancers. And we know now that pollution contributes to that. So I would be looking to apply DNA repair enzymes at night and then perhaps other ingredients that help deal with any damage or destruction of our our collagen, hyaluronic acid and other skin plumping fibres. So that's when our retinoids and our alpha-hydroxy acids come into play. And I think these are things that so many of us are doing anyway, but feel reassured that in doing that, you're also helping to deal with the effects of pollution on the skin. We've mostly been talking about pollution from a preventative perspective so far for the skin, but let's flip it over and think about skin that may already be showing some of the signs of air pollution. You mentioned a few of them before. So what would you typically start to expect to see or what might you be noticing on your skin? In Australia, it's really hard, I think, to separate what we're going to be seeing from pollution compared to what we're going to be seeing from ultraviolet exposure. Yeah. And I think a lot of our damage is certainly ultraviolet or that synergistic relationship between ultraviolet and pollution, which is quite scary. 
And in fact, Professor Greg Goodman and I published a paper a couple of years ago. It was a worldwide study in which we showed that in Australia, women age on average 20 to 30 years earlier than our counterparts in uh, North America, Canada, the UK and China. So that was just looking at sun damage. My stomach just fell out of its... (laughs) position just hearing that that's very disheartening but at least I know anyone listening to the pod is doing all they can to keep their skin on track but that is a big statistic right there yeah it, it is it's pretty, and this was women rating their own skin too by the way so yeah it's uh, it is scary but I think first of all we're going to see exacerbation of our existing inflammatory skin diseases from pollution so that's going to be acne particularly inflammatory acne, but also comedonal, so you know, blackheads and whiteheads, we're going to see a flare of that, brown spots and wrinkling. And we're probably going to see it, the difficulty is it's going to be exposed sites, which is the same as where we see damage from sun exposure. We're going to see blotchy pigmentation, including melasma on exposed sites, potentially skin cancers. Uh, those of us more in my age group and older than yours, Shazzy, there goes, but... Certainly skin cancers are a concern. So it's it's really the same kind of signs that we see from sun damage. And let's go broader for a moment. You touched on ways that we can look at pollution's effect on the skin that are not even skincare related like diet. What are some of the other general lifestyle measures you can take to just reduce those chances of your skin being affected by air pollution? The top two are don't smoke. Mm-hmm. and use your sunscreen as it's intended. So, you know, make sure you're using sunscreen every day. That's all year round in Australia. Uh, remembering that 90% of the UV gets through on cloudy days and there are many studies now that show that pollution and ultraviolet radiation work together really potently to damage our skin. So they're a nasty pairing. They'd be the main things I would recommend just from a general health point of view. Finally, we like to end our Ask an Expert interviews by debunking a common beauty myth. So here's yours. Air pollution is only a problem for people living in major cities. True or false? Definitely false. It's going to be higher in an urban environment, but there even pesticides and herbicides contribute to pollution. So it's mostly actually, you know, agricultural pollution that is a problem sort of outside the big cities. So I think if you live outside a major city, you're definitely suffering the effects of air pollution, but you're not 100% protected in a more rural environment, sadly. Dr. Alma, thanks for joining us on the UBD podcast to clue us up on protecting our skin against air pollution. And I feel like I got a good science lesson and an environmental lesson today too. (laughs) Look, thank you so much for having me, Shazzy. I've had a really fabulous time. This episode was produced by Gia Moylan. I'm Shazzy Hunt and you can catch me again next week. And tomorrow, Lee and Erin will be back in your ears with all the latest beauty news. Have a great week.